The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal. And they just care. They care about you. They care about me. And I care about them. And that's why Cat Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. On with the show. What's shaking, y'all? It is Friday, and that means the podcast is on. It's Chris. I'm by myself. Jared, he's on a little seven-day vacation. Well-deserved. He's taking some time out. He's going to go to Palm Springs and just kick it like he should, work on that base tan, and come back looking incredibly sexy for everybody. Quick little bit of housekeeping before I get into just this thing that's been gnawing at my mind all day. So just hang out for a second. The first thing in housekeeping is Latte Hour Throwdown. It's gonna be Saturday the 16th at 3600 Portola. That's our original location. It's a fundraiser for our friend Evan. Evan's trying to open his own specialty coffee shop in his hometown of Hollister, California. We've talked about Evan before. He's one of the friendliest baristas you'll ever meet. And we've got a Facebook going for the event. I'm gonna put a link to it in the show notes. So let us know if you're coming. Again, all the proceeds for the buy-in go straight to him and his coffee fund. A portion of the merch sales are going straight to him and his coffee fund. And if you don't want to pour and you don't want to buy any of our merch, but you still want to help him out, you can check out his GoFundMe, which I'll link as well. Or there'll be a donation table if you just want to come hang out eat some tacos, drink some beer, and donate 20 bucks straight to him. We'll have a little table up so you can do that. Really excited because it's the first event that we've ever had, and I don't know what to expect, but I think it's going to be badass. Olivia is taking the lead and putting the whole thing on, and she's been crushing it. She's working on it right now, getting some posters printed out, which Kristen designed, which are epic. They're on the Facebook page. Check the Facebook for the event. Like my dude Bank says, hit me on the face book. Okay. I am really, really freaking really emotionally charged up right now. We just had our leadership retreat. First one that we've ever done. We took the entire leadership team and went to Chico for a few days and the purpose is a few fold. So we wanted to kind of just disconnect celebrate each other, kind of get to know each other a little bit better because there's that bonding that comes with doing things outside of the regular work sphere. We accomplished that. People are freaking jumping off huge rocks into these tiny little crevice like lake thing. It was scary. It was scary. I, I got some footage of it. Basically, jump off a rock, miss a bunch of other rocks, land in the water. I don't know. I'm scared. I'm a big wuss. I'm scared of heights. Deal with it. I don't do cliff jumping. Not into it. But the other thing was to share those plans that we'd mentioned on the podcast before. So Jared, Charles, and I had taken some time out time out to work on our one-year, three-year, and 10-year plans for the company. We took those things, broke them down into separate action plans. So we all have little focuses that we're doing for the next year and three years specifically. And then the 10 years is a bigger vision. And we wanted to share those ideas with 
the team. So we got everybody together, shared those ideas, talked about how they fit into the mix and what to expect coming from the company. And then the thing that really got me the most excited was at the end of the conference, Charles went around with each of our leadership team and we asked them, what is a personal goal that you have in the context of the company? And let's figure out an implementation plan for that. And that to me was just like a huge game changer. One, because to see people get to talk about the things that get them the most excited, that gets me really, really excited. And just to see like their eyes light up and you can tell they have so many ideas and there's so much power in that. There's so much energy that these people have. And it was really, really, really inspiring to me. The second thing, I was a little bit jealous because no one had ever really done that to me before when I was working for someone else and just like asked me like, Hey, like what's a project that you want to work on and how can we work on that in the context of your job? So you can feel like you're having this impact on the company. You can also own this, take responsibility for it and then celebrate the win when it happens. And I just thought that that was like so cool. So I was secretly a little undercover. I was a little bit mad. I'm like, dang it, missing out. But to be able to, you know, help provide that for other people makes makes up for it, you know, tenfold. It's just it was amazing. I don't know. I don't even know what other words to use to describe this thing. It was freaking next level. And then the last reason I think that was so powerful is because we drive a lot and talk a lot about that work-life balance. And I think that's important, but I think there's also something to be said for some sort of work-life integration to where if you can take things, ideas that you're really passionate about that and not just have those as your passion projects or your hobbies, but if you can integrate those into your day-to-day work, you get a lot more energy out of that work and it's just it's just more fun for you. And so I thought that was really cool to see people talk about the things that they want to learn, areas that they want to progress in. And everybody is so unique. And we have things ranging from people are really passionate about wanting to do something like a barista competition. Some people want to learn how to do really technical, crazy things. There's people who are, you can tell that they're just geared into looking out for other people and being even more of an advocate for our employees and for the staff that aren't at the leadership. It was just incredible to hear everyone's point of views and perspectives. So shout out to everyone that was there. You really freaking made me, Jared and Charles, really, really proud. Can't tell you enough how much we appreciate you. And then also shout out to everyone who stayed. It's amazing that the whole leadership team can basically disappear into thin air and the cafes and the roastery and everything that needs to happen wholesale and on the web, just it works. And it's not a point of stress. Nothing had to happen. We weren't putting out any fires. There was no emergencies. Everybody has got this. And someone asked me about it today. Like, how can you even have a retreat? How can you even leave? How can you take all of our man- all your managers? I tell them, well, our whole staff, they're really amazing. And they, they're like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, I, to- I get it. They're really amazing. That's cool. But how, how are you able to leave with the managers and everybody? And I'd explain that there's some sort of pressure when you own a business to be like, yeah, my staff's amazing because it seems like the thing that you should say and it seems like the way to support your staff 
And I'm just like, this isn't just a platitude for me. I'm not making this shit up. Our staff, they're fucking amazing. Like I, from day one, going through that interview and orientation process and setting everything up and seeing what they can take on, like they're badass. I'm like owning this. This isn't something that we just say. So we're able to go and you characters handle the shop. And this kind of bled in to another idea that I was talking to Jose about this morning downtown at our store at Abbott Square. And he was at the leadership retreat too. So you could tell his brain was was going off. He really wants to do a breeze competition. We were talking about ideas and this idea of leadership and this idea of the supply chain started to come out. And I just wanted to start this conversation or see what anybody thinks about this conversation. And that is, I think we have a void in that seed to cup coffee supply chain, not in terms of preparation and quality, but in terms of longevity of our businesses, employee retention, and ability to really grow specialty coffee as much as we want to. And it works like this. So everybody is familiar with the idea of seed to cup. And a lot of coffee companies put a lot of intention and a lot of focus into purchasing coffee in the most responsible way possible. And it's been a huge conversation in our industry. And I think it's really an important conversation. And I think there are a lot of weird, strange things hiding in the shadows. And I don't think that the ideas of direct trade or whatever you want to call it are as cut and dry as they seem. And I think we have a lot of work to do in that area. And I think, I think it's a little bit closed off, but I, I still think it's an important conversation, but I don't think it's the only conversation. I think who's really getting left out of this supply chain, something that I see every day, are the employees of the businesses that are serving this coffee. And I think it's really a shame because your employees are really the most important part of your organization. The people on the front line of the businesses you have, they couldn't be any more valuable. And some people will say, well, yeah, the employees are kind of important, but at the end of the day, what's really important is my guests or customers getting customers in the door. And it's true that you need to get guests and customers in the door, but really amazing companies understand that the people who are interfacing with those guests and customers on the day-to-day are your employees. And your employees will directly affect how those people perceive your business. They're going to have more interactions with those people than you ever will. They're your eyes, ears, they're your mouth, they're speaking for you. They're your brand ambassadors. Now, if we don't take care of them, all kinds of things can happen. So one thing that can happen is it can be a really big pain in the ass for someone who owns a business. One of the things that I get asked the most as a business owner is how do you guys deal with turnover? I own a small business. I have an insane amount of turnover. Our people come and go and it's just it's like not a thing. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, well, what, what do you do for your employees? Like what's their incentive to stay? And a lot of times I'm met with just a blank stare. Like, well, what do you mean? It's just like a part-time job. So you have people that are supply surprised that they have high turnover, but they're not doing anything to promote people staying. And they're not giving like any bigger reason why people shouldn't just leave 
on a whim. And from a monetary perspective, this really impacts your pocketbook in terms of training costs because turnover is expensive. Training new hires is expensive. And that's a thing, but even worse, it impacts the customer experience so much. A lot of cafe and coffee shop business is built on the idea of regulars interfacing with people who know the values of the company and can tell the company's story. And if you get people in and every week there's a new person and then there's a new person and there's a new person and it's not so much that they're only new, but they're new and you can tell that they're not plugged into the ideals of the business, it's just, it's a little less powerful to go buy product at those places. So turnover is a big deal. So the way that we attack turnover is not reacting to turnover, but getting out in front of turnover. So everybody who comes to work goes through the interview process. It's pretty intense interview process, but then from day one with the orientation, people know what our hopes and dreams are, what our mission and vision is, and they understand more than that how they can affect that change, how they can affect that customer experience. So you know, our mission is to leave people feeling happier than they were before. And we kind of see that mission or think about that mission in everything that we do. And at that point, it becomes like, where is your motivation coming from? How are you fitting into this puzzle? If you're telling someone to like, okay, you know, we have to clean the bathroom. You got to keep the bathroom clean. So what we do at our cafe is anytime an employee goes into the restroom for whatever reason, there's a little cleaning kit. They do a quick once over the restroom, wipe the mirror, make sure everything's spotless. And why is that important? It's not important because it's important to have a clean restroom. It's important because if we really want to leave people feeling happier than they were prior, every part of their customer experience has to be dialed. It's not enough to give them good coffee. It's not enough to give them good coffee with a smile and be nice to them. Everything that they come in contact with when they're at Cat and Cloud has to be perfect. So if they get a cappuccino that's awesome and then decide that they need to use the restroom, it better be spotless in there. There's nothing that's gonna be like detracting from that experience. And understanding our vision for guest experience and understanding how they can affect that positively is much more effective than saying, well, you have to clean the restroom because we need to keep the restroom clean because that's good. That's just not motivating. And every, every task you have, you can tie to a higher purpose or a higher vision. And I think it makes those things much more effective. So share your story, tell your people why you're in business. You know, um, I'd like to think that everybody who's in business has some sort of notion that they can change the world for the better. Something I say a lot because it's something that I really, really believe in. And I've been thinking about what motivates me in this area a lot because I never really wanted to have a coffee shop of my own and Jared never really wanted to have a coffee shop of his own. We had other plans and this is almost out of a little bit of necessity and a little bit of you know our past experiences. So yeah, well, we want to make awesome coffee. We want to make really nice place where people can come in and say hi. The reason why is this, you know, we envision a little bit of a different world. You know, we envision a world where people 
who are young and motivated can get up in the morning and go to a job where they're appreciated and feel like they can use whatever their specific creative talents are to impact the company in a positive way. And we believe in a world where people can have input in that company and people can talk to someone and people will listen and implement things that they have ideas for. Like the young people are incredibly powerful and this is built off some sort of empathy because I understand what it feels like to be 24 be incredibly passionate, be full of energy and feel like I can just own it. And I know what it feels like when I'm told like, yeah, that's cool, but like probably not. Maybe it's not quite there. Maybe you can't really do that. Yeah, I don't know. It's maybe not the best way. And I know how disempowering that can feel. Disempowering? Is that even a word? Did I just make that up? I don't even know. Um, More so than that, we envision a world where a certain number of people who work for us can live here in Santa Cruz in one of the most beautiful places on earth. Also one of the most expensive places in the U S we're in California coastal, the rents astronomical. We envision a place where those people can make a living working for a company. And to do that, we need to have a business of some sort of scale. So we have been fairly aggressive with the growth. It's been working out really well. And it's nice to remind people of those things. It, it's not just here so that we can, you know, buy fancy new cars. I'm just, I just want to keep that in mind. It's like, I know how it feels to be young and feel like you're left out to dry. And I was thinking of why this was so motivating for me. And I couldn't really figure it out at first. Cause I'm not one of the most philanthropic people. I'm not, you know, as much of a people person as Jared is but I was doing through a lot of journaling, which I do every day, I started to realize this recurring theme, which was I have always been a champion of like the underdog. I love underdog story. I love a good comeback story. Um, It gets me, it gets me really excited. And I saw myself as one of those for many years. And now I see, you know, the employee contingent people who are young and working in barista and cafe positions as this big underdog. And I don't think it's, intentional. I don't think anyone's intentionally leaving them behind, but I think people's focuses are in a lot of different places. You know, people focus on preparation. People focus again on buying the awesome coffee. People focus on building an epic space, getting the build out just right and making sure that like the social media is perfect. But I think no one's really taking the time, not no one. A lot of people aren't really taking the time to connect with people and be like, Hey, you know, how are you feeling? What's going on? Where do you think you fit into the bigger picture? Um, what's your contribution to this? What can we do for you? And for those who will say, well, you know, you don't get it. Like they don't own the business. They don't have ultimate responsibility or this is just hippy dippy. It's not that everything that any one of our employees suggests we do, you know, that freedom to be creative and that freedom to innovate comes with the responsibility to give us well-thought-out proposals of why these things will work, think about how this fits in with the rest of our mission, vision, values, and take the first steps of execution on solving these problems or implementing these ideas. So it's not just like, yeah, man, totally cool, good idea. We're going to do it for you and make you happy. Um, it's it's a two-way street. There has to be effort there. There has to be buy-in, and that's really, really important. But I just want to kind of bring that out 
to the front a little bit. There's a lot of conversations happening in coffee. And I think there's a lot of good conversations happening in coffee. And I think that each little small faction, you know, there's people who are just only passionate about seed to cup. And that's great. You should be spokespeople for that. And I think we really want to be spokespeople for our employees and the humans that we are basically in charge of. And also the humans that have the power to elevate our brand. Like we're nothing without them. And there's just this crazy circle of life thing happening. So this was just the uh, espresso machine conversation that we had this morning downtown and it got me really charged up and this was reinforced again later when I talked to some other people who own small businesses and they were asking about the retreat that we took and they were asking about some of the things we do for employees and they were asking how can you possibly do that at your size and the first thing is you know we had always planned to do these things so we're not trying to pull them out of left field we've always sat aside money in the budget for these things. And we're happy to take less money overall. If we can do these things for other people, that's totally chill. And also if you're in a position of power and you want to do something for your staff, it's not about matching what every other company does. It's about taking that best first step, finding out what works for you and what you can implement right away. And then just going from there, you know, just do one thing. If you're doing nothing, do one thing. You don't need to get everybody together, take your treat, say later to everyone else, because if you don't have some of these processes in place, it could actually feel really defeating if you decide to like, okay, I'm going to take all my managers and we're going to leave and go off site for three days. But if the frontline employees haven't had this responsibility built in or don't understand what's happening, they can just feel like they're left in the lurch. So I would say start the conversation before anything and just, you know, step one, baby step. It's, it's just, it's just all about that little, little baby step all the way. So this weekend again was incredibly powerful for me and I'm feeling really motivated and I'd love to hear some stories. If people want to write in and share podcast at catandcloud.com, send us an email about things that you do for your staff and things that work for your business. Because the more conversation around this there is and the more sharing of ideas there are, I think the better everyone's going to be. And most importantly, the better off the employees are going to be. And you can think about that in terms of, I just want to make people's lives better because I understand what it feels like to be a young person. Or if you're thinking about it from a strictly business perspective, it's probably better for your business to take care of these people because you're going to have better customer interactions. You're going to have more consistent product and you're going to have a better message overall. So I'd love to hear what people do right in and let's just, let's just chat about this thing. Let's just get it going. You know, I don't know. I'm pumped. I'm going to leave it right there because I'm all by myself. I'm feeling a little alone. It's Friday. I'm going to get this thing up for you, but I just wanted to shout out everybody who listens Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We get a ton of positive feedback on the podcast and we really, really, really take it to heart every time we read an email or get a little instant message and saying that we're doing it. Uh, like, I freaking love it. Jared loves it. Charles loves it. The whole staff loves it. It's fun for the staff to see that we participate outside of the cafe too. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Let us know what you want to hear and have a great Friday, everyone. 
and we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace.